this week you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump, or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it eight 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 money pit. Money pit is brought to you by Home Advisor and GreenWorks. Now here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And it's a beautiful day here for home improvement. We hope it's the same in your part of the country. If you've got a project on your to-do list, move it right over to ours by picking up the phone and calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit or posting your question on moneypit.com. Coming up on today's show, it's easier than ever to be ego-friendly, but When it comes to choosing eco-friendly floors for your home, understanding how that product is produced is absolutely key. So we'll tell you what to look for to make sure the flooring you're putting down is helpful for Mother Earth as well. And as you look around your home, are cracks, holes, and nail pops taking away from your otherwise well-maintained space? We're going to have some tips on how to fix them yourself coming up. And it may be chilly out, but spring's just ahead, which makes now a great time to think about investing in a much better alternative to gas and oil lawn equipment, a new cordless lawnmower. We're going to highlight new cordless technology that's so advanced it can run a lawnmower for 60 minutes on a single charge and it's self-propelled. That's awesome. But first, we want to know what you are working on, and we want to know what you want to know. So let us know what your plans are, how we can help you achieve them. Whatever it is, we're here to lend a hand. That number again is one eight 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 Money Pit. Arnold in Montana, you've got the Money Pit. What can we help you accomplish today? I have a brick building that has an awning over the entrance door, and it is approximately 11 feet wide. It comes out six feet from the building, and the part on the building is five foot high for the angle. And in this high wind, some of the fasteners that went through the brick have come loose. Okay. And I'm wondering what type of fasteners would be best to add additional fasteners to that structure. And the structure against the building is one-by-two rectangular tubing. Okay. Well, I, I don't have a good sense as to uh, how heavy this structure is, but there's really two ways to attach it here. One of which is the easier one, and that's called a Tapcon fastener. It's essentially a lag bolt that's designed to go into masonry. And you can buy these for interior, exterior use. Usually when you buy them in the package, they include a masonry bit, and you you drill the wall with the masonry bit, and then you thread the Tapcon right into the wall itself, and it grabs quite nicely. If it has to be really heavy-duty, the other way to do this is the more traditional way, and that is with something called a lead shield and a lag bolt. So you would need a very large uh, masonry bit the size of the lead shield, which is kind of like a a, a cone-shaped thing, and you drill the hole in the, in the brick for the lead shield, and you slip this shield into the hole, and then in the middle of the lead shield, you draw you drive the lag bolt, and as the lag bolt goes in, it presses against the sides of the lead shield, and it expands. It just sort of impales itself into the brick around it and gives you a really good, secure connection all the way around. So that's the two ways to attach to a masonry surface. I'm not really sure which one's going to be best here because I don't have a sense as to how much uh, stress this is going to get and how many fasteners you have per connection and so on and whether or not the brick is, has been damaged at all. But that's the way to attach to brick. The question I have then is what diameter and length should I buy the Tapcons 
and also the lead shielded device. Uh, uh, what dimension should I be looking at to go into the brick? Well, you could probably go into the brick at least two to three inches, I would think. Um, in terms of the width of the of the fastener, I don't know what these what these attachment plates look like. This is part I can't help you with, but you're going to definitely go in two to three inches um, on in either case, whether you're using a, a galvanized lag bolt with a lead shield or whether you're using a Tapcon fastener. Okay, uh, I'm familiar with both, so I will do a little more research and. Uh decide which one or maybe even use both of them. I don't know yet, but uh, that's very good because I was concerned in going into brick. I'm familiar with it going into concrete, but uh, that'll be just fine, and that should work. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Karen in Arizona is on the line with an air conditioning question. How can we help you today? Yeah, I was just um, curious which is a better choice between the red and the train. I need four units. I have to replace them all. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I would look at a couple of things. First of all, they're, they're both good brands. So I would look at the efficiency rating for all of the units. I would look at the warranties for the units. And I also would make sure that you choose your HVAC contractor carefully because a lot of the efficiencies in these systems relies heavily on the quality of the installation. So we, we do want to be very careful about who's installing it, make sure the ducts are all sealed and that kind of stuff. Because if not, you're going to have um, inefficiencies as you use the system as time goes on. But they're both great brands, so I think you can't go wrong either way. Just make sure when you're comparing apples to apples that you make sure you, they, they each have the same efficiencies and warranties. Well, you said something about ducts. Yeah, the duct system that feeds the air to the different rooms you want to make sure those ducts are properly installed and that they're sealed because a lot of times where ducts are joined, uh, especially in older homes, those those uh, intersections are not sealed properly and a lot of air leaks out there. So the little things like that have a big impact on efficiency of the system. Okay. And the other question is I have a pet boarding business and um, I'm trying to use some sort of air filter that will get um, will take up smells. Do you know if any are better than others? Because I put the Auric and another brand in the cat room, and I can still smell cats. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> that certainly would be the test of any HVAC, any, any filtration system. Well, look, the best filtration systems are really designed more for dust than for um, odor. However, I know that 3M has one that has uh, has a charcoal base to it that is far more efficient at taking odors out than just about anything else out there. And so is this a forced air system that you, you would have for that area as well? No, this is just, like, I had gone into one pet boarding place and I smelled urine really bad. And I go, this isn't going to make it, this place, because of urine. And then they had four, four like, filters that were sitting on the wall. Just They kind of looked like a mini auric, you know. They were, they were on the wall, hung on the wall, just like the size of maybe one foot by one and a half feet a little rectangle, and they really took the smell out. I don't know which brand she used. No, Karen, I think the issue that you're having in finding something that is going to work well for you is that, you know, we really want to make sure that we find you something that works from a commercial standpoint, something that's made for a business like yours, which has, you know, a lot of animal odors. And there's a company out there called Air Oasis, and that's their website, airoasis.com. And if you click on their commercial section, you'll find that they've got commercial air purifiers and air sanitizers 
that are carbon-based and they, they will really reduce a lot of this odor and bacteria and viruses and VOCs. So I would check them out and there might be something that would work well for you there. All right, yeah, that'd be good. Might help for smokers too. I don't smoke, but in case the <laughs> audience is listening. So, okay, I will go to Air Oasis. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Karen. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Less in Florida, you've got the Money Pit. What's going on? Well, I have a problem with my water system in my house. We recently moved into a home that's about 20 years old, and it had a uh, it has well water, and we had a lot of uh, sulfur smell and dark water coming out of the uh, faucets. So I put in a Pelican water system and thought that would cure it. They told me it would. However, it has not cured it. 
and uh, I'm wondering what I can do about it. Did you have the water tested? Yes, the guy from Pelican tested the water, and it was high in iron and uh, in some sulfur. Because they're inexpensive, I would do your own test outside of the manufacturer of this product just to give you some peace of mind that you got the right information. The sulfur smell might be from the well water, or it could be. Is, it, is, the, is the sulfur smell coming out of both hot and cold water or only the hot water? Coming out of both, but it's, uh, it's worse in the hot water than it is in the cold. If it's coming out of the hot water, then it could be the anode in the water heater itself. If the anode rod gets worn, then you're going to get more of that rotten egg smell. Right. And you can replace the anode rod in the water heater. If you look at the top of your water heater, you'll see what looks like a big hex bolt. And that can be pulled out. That's the anode rod uh, and replaced. It's not It's not for the faint of heart. It's a pretty big job. Yeah. Uh, and you may want to use a plumber to do it. But um, that can absolutely help with some of the odor you're describing. But I, I would be more comfortable if the very first thing you did was get an independent water test in a reputable lab so that you know exactly what you're dealing with. Right. If the people that sold you the water system promised it was going to fix it, then and they didn't fix it, then I say that they didn't do their job, and you may have a fair complaint against them. Um, but for right now, we want to know exactly an independent opinion of what exactly is going on. I say this because there's an awful lot of people out there that do water testing and sell water filters, and they have no idea what they're doing. And, you know, I've seen people get really bad results so I just want you to not, I don't want that to happen to you, and I want to make sure you get the accurate information so you know exactly what the condition of that water is, and then we can go from there. Okay, where would I pick up one of those water tests? You can actually buy a water testing kit on Amazon. There are several there to choose from, and I see some that have uh, 400 and 500 very positive reviews, so I feel pretty comfortable with that. Uh, you know, it may not be as comprehensive as if you went to a testing lab, but that would probably be a two or three hundred dollar test. So I maybe mm-hmm. just might do an Amazon test. Just get one that's designed for well water because it tests for different things, and then compare those results against what you got from your water company and take it from there. All right, very good. Thank you for your help. I appreciate it. All right, good luck with that project. Thanks for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Well, would you like to give your home a green makeover from the bottom up? If so, going with sustainable flooring is a very good start. The key, though, is knowing where the product is sourced. Natural flooring materials can range from reclaimed and sustainably forested hardwoods to popular renewables like cork and bamboo. So shop around, and you'll also find laminates that are greener than the norm thanks to water-based solvents that are used in production and formaldehyde-free adhesives. Now, another option is to step things up with composites of other varieties. Now, concrete floors give a sleek, giant tile look, and terrazzo options make the most of recycled content in colorful floors that gleam and glitter. Now, sustainable flooring may mean sustaining the floor you've already got with a tune-up, and existing hardwood floors can be refinished with a long-lasting but VOC-free finish that refreshes its natural beauty. A damaged tile or two can be replaced and regrouted for many more years of service, and a floor that's literally rough at the edges can be dressed up with the addition of a quarter-round shoe molding right around the perimeter, and that totally changes the look. 
And I think all of these tips sort of change what you think of when you consider whether a product is green or not. There's a lot of ways to look at it. If you want more sustainability underfoot, make sure you get rid of carpet where you can. You'll remove about 90% of the dust mites that lurk around your home at the same time. And, you know, practice some basic wisdom when selecting flooring for areas with high moisture, heavy foot trap, or temperature extremes. With enough research, you will find a green fit literally for every single location. Aaron in Louisiana is on the line. How can we help you today? Hi. I have a slab house that's about 35 years old, and it's showing signs of needing to be leveled. But I thought I heard on a previous show of yours that you do not recommend leveling a house, just fix the issues that come up as it needs it. And I didn't know if I heard correctly or not, so I thought I would call and ask about that. Well, tell me, how much of a slope are you noticing throughout the property on the interior of the home? No, we're seeing cracks in the walls, cracks in the ceiling, cracks in the floors. Okay. Now, if you put a marble on the floor in some of these rooms that you're seeing these cracks, does it roll all around wildly? If it does roll, how fast? I actually have not done anything like that. Oh, the marble test. It's very fun. That will tell you if the ground itself is level. Now, if you're seeing cracks in the walls and in the ceiling, are they sort of near a doorway or a window, or are they just square in the middle of stuff? Well, there's a a crack in the floor that's square in the middle of the floor. It extends out into a, uh, a sliding glass door, and the brick above the sliding glass door is separated and then we also see it, I also see it in rooms next to the wall, you know, where it's like the house is shaped like a T and um, where one part of the top of the T goes into the long part of the T, I can see it separating there against, against the, you know, in the ceiling. You know, generally, if you see cracks and they're by a door frame or a window, that's just general movement because of the opening in the envelope of the home, you know, being in a window opening or a doorway in an interior wall. Now, if you're seeing it like in the middle of the floor and above a door frame in brick, you might be concerned that there could be some structural issues going on. However, you might want to bring in a structural engineer. You bring in an engineer or even a home inspector, and for a couple of hundred bucks, they'll come in and look at these areas and diagnose specifically what's going on there. Because it could be something structural that could need to be fixed in you know, a way that you can't just do by repairing the crack, or it could just simply be natural settlement of the home over the duration of the home's lifespan, and that's easily fixable. But because you have a crack forming in the middle of a floor and that continues to a doorway, I would definitely bring in somebody who's a structural engineer and they can write up a report on it. And the benefit of doing that is that when you do fix this, whatever the problem may be, you are going to have a full written pedigree of what you've done to the problem in the home, how you fixed it, and what everything was done correctly. This way, if you go to sell the home and somebody says, oh, I saw a crack or whatever the situation might be, you can say, actually, this happened. We did this repair and it's all square. Okay. You know, Aaron, some cracks are really typical wear and tear, so to speak. But this one definitely sounds like you need a pro to check it out. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. All right. We've got Anthony in Tennessee on the line. How can we help you today? Yeah, I got a uh, 99379 Peterbilt, and it's got one bed in it, and we pretty much live in the truck. 
and we're, we're wanting to turn that one bed into a bunk bed. We tried to widen it, and it didn't work out too good. So i got to go lightweight because I'm heavy, and the truck's real heavy. So if I do it in two-by-fours, it's going to be a real heavy, heavy truck. Anthony, you know what comes to mind that I think would be a good solution for you uh, is, is a metal bunk bed, an army cot bunk bed. You know, the army cots, if you just Google army cots and bunk beds, you will see a wide variety of metal bunk beds that are stackable. And they certainly have them in light duty to heavy duty designs. They're not terribly expensive. I, I see them online for three, four, five hundred dollars. And they're not very heavy and they're super strong and they can be two full twin sides beds stacked one on top of another. Okay. Well the bed that's in here, the frame of that bed is part of the truck. So it has to sit on top of that, correct? Yeah, I have to set something into that framework above my bed. Right. So then maybe what you want is just basically one half of that uh, cot-style bunk bed, and then you have to build supports to get it up in the air for the space. So I would take a look at these metal bunk beds online. I think you're going to find your solution there, and it's going to be a lot easier to deal with than trying to frame something that it would. Yeah, because then I could just set it in place and mount it to my bed. Exactly. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. All right, Anthony. Well, I'm glad we helped you out. And i got to say, this is one very unusual question for us, and I'm glad we were able to come up with a solution. Karen Pennsylvania is on the line with an insect question. How can we help you? Hi. Um, I was just wondering, we have a bunch of earwigs that's up underneath our siding, and it seems like they're always there, and we were just wondering, you know, what can we do to get rid of them? Is there anything that's attracting them there? Well, look, they're probably looking for food, so something is landing on that siding and, and attracting them. Generally, when they're not up high like that, it's advisable to trap them. Like a trapping program will reduce their population. But if they're up on the side and crawling on the building, I'd probably go straight to a pesticide management program, some sort of chemical control. Um, The University of California recommends um, a pesticide called Spinosad, S-P-I-N-O-S-A-D. And there's a number of commercial products that are available that have that in it. And that should be probably the best way to control them and stop them from coming back and encourage them to go to somebody else's house to invest. It would be helpful. Well, along those lines, as far as insects go, um, we get crickets down in our basement. Every Spider crickets. I, I guess they're spider crickets. I'm not sure. Little black crickets. But every year they drive me crazy because my bedroom is downstairs. <laughs> Why don't you why don't you call a uh, a pest control operator like Orkin and have them just do a general spraying for insects? You can probably, you know, put just the right pesticide in and around your home in a safe and effective way that will reduce both problems, stop the earwigs and stop the crickets and just get you a lot more comfortable. Well, that would be great. And you know what, Tara, with the cave crickets, um, we get them where I live on Long Island in the basement. And, you know, I, I always feel bad when my sister and brother-in-law sleep over because they'll sleep on an air mattress in my basement. And I'm like, the spider crickets are going to leap on you because they totally gross me out. But if you take some double stick tape and just put it around the perimeter of the room, you know, in the interim while you're waiting to treat, they do tend to congregate there. And they'll get stuck, and then you can just pick it up and toss it in the morning. Well, that's a good idea. I, I was just uh, using some, like, indoor spray every year when they come around, and then, you know, I'm sucking up uh, the crickets <laughs> constantly, dead crickets everywhere. And along with them and stink bugs, it hasn't been fun. <laughs> yeah, I bet. You know, Tara, when it comes to making decisions as to whether or not you should go with a professional 
or use the sort of the do-it-yourself approach. I always feel that if you go with a pro, they're actually going to use less pesticide than you're applying yourself, and it'll be done in exactly the right manner with just the right amount to take care of the problem. I think people tend to overspray when it comes to the -the over-the-counter pesticides and actually put themselves in greater danger. Does that make sense? Okay, well, thank you very much. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, drywall repairs are one of the most common home maintenance chores we have to take on as homeowners. But if you don't do them properly, you're going to be doing them again and again and again. If you want to avoid those pitfalls, you need a pro and you have to plan carefully. We're going to share some tips now on how to do just that in today's pro project presented by Home Advisor. Yeah, now the three most common types of repairs needed are nail pops, holes, and cracks. And DIYers that take on these projects often find themselves doing them over and over again because the crack or hole just keeps coming back. And pros seem to get them right the first time. Now, here are some key tricks. First of all, let's talk about those nail pops. Now, these result from a nail that's got loosened over time and started to back itself out of the drywall, but tapping that nail back in isn't enough to prevent it from happening again. Instead, pros are going to add an additional fastener on top of the loose one to secure it in place and then spackle and sand to make the entire repair virtually invisible. Now, repairing a wall or ceiling crack is another kind of tricky job. The best way to fix a wall or ceiling crack is to use a very strong perforated drywall tape. This type of tape has large squares, and it almost looks like netting. Now, pros will first apply this to bridge the gap in the crack, and then they'll use a very skilled hand to spackle over the tape using multiple thin coats, and that's key. Most of us go way too heavy on a spackle. Pros now to put just enough on so it doesn't sort of bulk up the wall. And then it can be sanded and primed and repainted once again. When it's done, it's completely invisible. Now, filling holes in drywall itself is kind of a bigger job. And for that, you're going to need a scrap of drywall, a leftover piece of window screening, some joint compound, and a few common tools. And pros know the best way to patch a hole is to actually cut that hole to fit the patch and not the other way around, even if that means making that hole a little or a lot bigger. And next, they're going to apply two or three thin coats of spackle, and once it's painted, that hole will be no more. And that's today's pro project presented by HomeAdvisor.com. With HomeAdvisor, you can get matched with top-rated home service pros in your area and book appointments online all for free. All right, now we've got Chris from Tennessee on the line who just put in a new septic tank and needs some help with the yard work. What can we do for you? Uh, yes, uh, we had some people to come and put our septic tank in about five years ago, and the yard looked great when they got done with it. Now we've got a bunch of sinkholes and a bunch of hills in the backyard, and I just want to know the best way to fix that without messing up the septic tank and messing up the water lines and stuff. So is the distribution field in the area where all these sinkholes are and this depression? Yes, sir. So you got to be really careful because you don't want to put any heavy equipment over that because you can crush those pipes. So you can add topsoil on top of that, but I wouldn't go over it with anything heavier than a wheelbarrow full of dirt. Okay. And so I would fill them in by hand, and I would rake that out, and I would reseed it. The good news is that it it will probably grow quite quite nicely being over the septic field, but I would be careful not to put anything heavy equipment-wise into that area because you can crush the pipes, and then you're going to have a bigger problem. All right. Well, thank you all for your question, and I listen to you all every day, and you all are great. All right. Thanks, Chris. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
And remember, you've got access to the Team Money Pit at all times. Just post your question on MoneyPit.com. Now, Tyler writes, my dryer vent is on the opposite side from the wall outlet and the vent hose kinks. Is it okay to run a length of PVC pipe with elbows instead? Well, not PVC pipe, but you can run metal dryer exhaust duct. It's available in home centers and, of course, at HVAC supply stores. And in the home centers, it comes kind of um, pulled apart with a seam where you basically uh, bend it together into the duct shape. It actually is like sort of like flat sheet metal and you roll it and it's preformed into this duct shape. But it's a really good idea to use that because it does a lot less resistance than any of the type of flex duct. The flex duct really, if you have to go around corners or anything of that nature, it tends to hold back the exhaust and therefore it holds back all the lint and it really gets clogged up. The key here is to not do that because you want to basically get all that warm, humid air and get that lint out as quickly as possible. You know, um, the other thing to think about, depending on how your machine is set up, you know, we did this in our laundry room a few years back. We actually uh, had the dryer uh, against an outside wall and we rerouted the exhaust duct so it came out the side of the machine instead of the back of the machine. And now, whenever we uh, run that dryer, there is absolutely zero back pressure on it. And so what happens is those clothes dry faster than ever before. So the sooner and the easier you can get that out, the better. Never do it with flex duct or plastic duct. Always use metal exhaust duct. Yeah, and you know what? I think a lot of people forget that you should be cleaning out your dryer vent. All of that lint, you know, it doesn't always all travel out. Some of it gets stuck, and sometimes socks and weird things get their way through, and things get stuck in those vents. So you've got to find a way to clean it out. And there are different products available online called lint eaters and those assorted things that are basically brushes that you feed in from the exterior of the house, and they're super flexible, and they go through all the turns that you might have, and they will back out all of this gross stuff that's accumulated there, which could potentially be a huge fire hazard. It is a project you will love. You will want to do it again and again because it is super gross. It's, you know, it's one of those. But very important for your safety. So get it done. Well, daylight savings time ends this weekend, Sunday, March 8th. But aside from just setting clocks forward, now is a great time to take on a few simple tasks. Leslie explains in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie? That's right. You know, this really is the perfect time for smoke detector maintenance. Change those batteries, test that they're operating properly, and if your detectors are more than a few years old, replace them and make sure to use a dual sensor detector. Now, those are going to pick up both small smoldering and flash fires. Plus, the newest detectors have 10-year batteries, which means you're going to be good for a decade. Also, check your carbon monoxide detectors, and if you don't already have them, add at least one near your bedroom. Some of those heat sources and faulty appliances can generate the silent killer and threaten your family's safety. And what's more, if a carbon monoxide detector sounds an alarm, don't ignore it. Don't disable it. Get out. Detectors go off for a reason. You should immediately open windows, evacuate your family, and call a pro to find the source of the problem. This is serious, guys, and now's the time to make sure you're keeping your family safe. Good advice. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Thank you so much for spending this part of your day with us. Coming up on the next episode, spring showers and melting snow can leave your yard a soggy mess. 
We're going to show you how to dry up those yards so you can enjoy them all spring and summer long in the very next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 